So this is episode 17 of From Someplace New, and we're going to do some travel stories, meeting people. Welcome to From Someplace New, the long-term travel podcast where Karen Bernhardt and John Sumpel discuss their hows and whys, lows and highs, and lessons learned while living abroad. Hello, I am. Oh, hi, hello, <laughs> hello, 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 everyone. Hello, I'm John Sumpel. And I'm Karen Bernhardt. And as I said, it's episode 17 from Someplace New, the long term travel podcast. Da, da, da. Here we are. Da, We're punchy. Da. It's Sunday night. We are punchy because we continue to spend all our time in Bariloche, Argentina. <laughs> well, before we get into that, into what? Into the our, our, our stuff. We've got our routine now. We've got our new thing. We've got Why, our there's new There's a lot of thing. hand gesturing going yeah, on. Yeah, right if you now, could only see those hands moving. Language. Do I? So, do no. I know what's so, going this on episode, here? we're going to talk we'll talk a little bit about the episode, what oh. we're doing, <laughs> travel stories. I think one of the things that people, you know, think about when you do long term travel is well, you, a loss of community. You know, where are your friends? How do you feel connected? That's what we're going to talk right. about. Right. Isn't it lonely? So very, very lonely. And it's not. So we'll get to that in a second. But very first, what's the best thing that happened to you this week? Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I think I got it. We discovered a new show that I am enjoying very, very much. It's uh, the Dur- Daryls. I want to say Daryls, but the Daryls. The Daryls of Corfu. Of Corfu. And it's on PBS, Masterpiece Theater. And a friend had recommended this, and it is delightful. It's about a widowed mother and uh, her four kids that she takes from England to uh, yep. Corfu, Greece, in the delightful. 30s, 1930s. Yes. And it's all about their experiences as they get comfortable and meet the locals. And constantly and screw up. Yeah. Well, like life, right? right. Like life is no, always it's fun. It's yeah, a fun, challenges. It's fun, period piece. It's awesome. And yeah. it's and it's giving me some sort of travel vibe. It's, you know, because it's just so so rich as far as the environment mm-hmm. and where they are and their experiences. Well, it makes and us it looks like we're beautiful. With them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. We're going along for their journey. Yeah. No, I I'm I've been to loving it. New. What? We're going along. <laughs> wow, we are punchy. Wow. We're going along on their journey to someplace new right, for right. us. We've never been to Corfu. No. I haven't, have you? I have not. Okay. I have not ever Good. been there. And there has been no wine drinking, no alcohol. I don't think I've had a drop of alcohol in six months. Oh, so. for you? Well, that's not a big deal because you, you're <laughs> not a drinker. No, because we sound, people are going to be like, what's oh, wrong oh, with that? tonight, specifically tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and I, and I am a drinker. You I enjoy anything. my wine, and I've had no wine tonight. Wow, so. this is the real deal. So this is sober punchy time. Stripped down and real with Woo, Karen John, the new oh, podcast. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and John, what Sample, is, What was your? What was the best thing that happened to you the this best past? Best thing week? that happened to me this week. Hmm. I can say work-related stuff because I don't think I mentioned that I, I have a new job. You can do whatever you want. It's your podcast. Our yeah, podcast. I, I picked up a new huge client which is really big, taking up a lot of my time. 
So that's a good thing. It's Is not, it a good thing? Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. It replaces. Well, you're streamlining now. So well, rather it replaces than all the income that I lost as a result of everybody ratcheting back. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on to our update. Oh, yes. The Better Loche Lockdown update. So there's always an update. Yeah. And we've got a new one. We thought everything was moving in one direction a week ago. And we were saying how happy we were to be able to get outside. And we got our ice cream and did walks, walkies. So we were so excited. And then we found out on Tuesday of this week that they pulled back Set some of back, the... back, you guys. So yeah, it was like, what? We it's not even forward. a week. It wasn't well, a little over a week. Seven days, eight days. And they said, hey, things are getting a little bit too... Everybody's coming loose. out of the woodwork. Let's dial it back. So they said, okay, you no longer have to follow Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. The even odd yeah. platform. And yeah. they they reinstituted that this week. It's back. It's back. So again, but we Sundays share, we can go out. So that, and we didn't today. We but confirmed we that today, but we confirmed yes. it later and we were kind of getting involved in other things. So we, our fault, and we, we could have gone for a walk today. But yeah, so we don't have as much um, freedom as we previously thought thought yeah but other good news more i don't want to say repatriation flights but they're kind of like unscheduled and they, they basically are announced within a week or so two weeks that there's some flights that are going on so there are some flights going out of buenos aires so we're looking into it our challenge has been the 18 hours that it's going to take us to get there yes. from here that's but a big deal they started making some announcements last week leading into this week that they are going to open up flights within the country. country. Not all mm-hmm. flights, but mm-hmm. two different airlines potentially will be opening up intra-country flights. So that being key, because if we can take a small, a shorter flight from Badaloche to Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. and then, you know, whatever we decide out of Argentina, but yeah, that would eliminate the concern about the 18-hour drive. Right, right. So, yeah, we'll see. They're supposed to come into play in July. Uh, don't know for sure, but we'll see. Yeah, it's just we're taking it one day at a time, digging into you know different resources online, checking things constantly, and so we've been having lots and lots of discussions. We don't have answers yet, but uh, I'm but we sure... we are thinking a little bit about what's next. No, I'm saying I'm sure we'll be able to share things in the coming weeks, certainly coming sure. months, but Absolutely. you and I are having some discussions about potentially where we could land. So we could land after. anywhere. It depends on what opens. Right. Well, right? obviously. So we're hoping that some of the some of the Schengen countries over in Europe will open up to U.S. citizens. So we're kind of thinking about maybe Iceland, kind of looking at Portugal. Portugal looks like it is open now. It does. So that is it, a, an appealing. It's moving pretty high on our list. And we'll do an episode down the road about our tax situation, that there are benefits to not being in the United States. There's an exclusion that we can take advantage of that drastically reduces our tax liability. Right, it's basically just over 30 days. Yeah, so we have we can only be in the states for I think thirty. Which really days shouldn't be max. an issue this year because of the pandemic. There's very little travel happening. Normally, I would go back to my um, employer and have an on-site visit. Usually, a couple of times a year. 
and maybe a week or so each time. That's not happening with the, with the cutbacks, setbacks. So it might not be an issue at all for us this year, specifically 2020. Well, it would look like we'd have to get back to the States first before we could yeah, move it on. Look so like that. we would probably have to fly into Miami. Right. The areas are Miami, Houston, or New York are the three that seem to be the most logical landing spots until everything opens back up on September 1st, which we don't want to wait that long. So we shall see. We're also looking at New Zealand, Australia, and Southeast Asia as a potential. So we don't know. We're gonna are we gonna turn left? Are we gonna turn right? Wait until we get to that fork. Almost yeah. Spin the spin the globe and uh, drop a pin. It almost it's feeling I'm like that more. That. You more. want to do that? I, I don't Let's know. Do Maybe we'll do that. Maybe next week before we open up the podcast, we'll do that. And yeah, we'll, we'll just blindfold Karen and have her throw darts. <laughs> right. Okay, let's get into the episode. All right, let's do it. Yeah, so let me ask you a question. Okay. True or false? Oh, true or false. True or false question. When you long-term travel, is it hard to make friends and meet people? I'm going to say false. There's many reasons false. why that is false. Tell us why. Okay. No, but what we wanted to do was talk about, of all the places we've been, the most perfect synchronicity in meeting people, connecting with people, building rapport with people Feeling has like been- Feeling like part of the community. Yes. Immersing quickly. ourselves. Yes. Hands down, San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. Mm-hmm. San Miguel. And it was so strange because when we, we arrived there, we were situated in an Airbnb- about a 20-minute walk from the center of town. And that first night, we walked into the town. We walk up this hill. We come around a corner. It's nighttime, and everything is lit up because it's Christmas time. It was magic and it right was, off the bat. We, like tears in the eyes kind of thing. Like, wow, where are we? Pinch me. And then throughout the two months that we were there, we were only supposed to be there one month, but we right, extended it because right. we enjoyed it so much, was that we constantly had moments where like, is this real? Is this really happening? Are we meeting people so easily? It we me- happened so easily. That's yeah. the thing. It was so natural and there was no, it was no work at all. No. So no. I would say that when we lived in Tamarack, Florida, we lived in a community for like seven years. Didn't know our neighbors at all. I mean, maybe to say hi, yeah, coming in, passing, but that's but no it. Conversations, like, absolutely ever. nothing more than that. Yeah. And then we have a situation where we're traveling through and end up spending two months in a location where we met some of the most amazing, interesting, quality people, locals and and visitors, fellow visitors. And it just, I mean, San Miguel is magical and amazing anyway, but then you put that layer of the human experience that we had while we were there, and it just makes it fantastic so let's kind of go through yeah, how that I unfolded mean, yeah let's just it, just kind of for fun like walk through just how many different scenarios there were where we met people well we first get there we meet we meet the person who owns the airbnb at the place she gives us a lot of information about different neighborhoods to go to she mentioned that we we're a little bit further out but the place was awesome oh that we place wouldn't was trade great. that place mm-hmm. for anything it was so cool two-story huge uh, bedroom king-size bed just really yeah, patio up on so the roof, character. up on a hill. It's super mm-hmm. nice. Like and a local, local neighborhood too. Not, yeah. Nowhere near the touristy area. Yep. 
So we, um, she gave us some insights and we asked, one of the first things we asked about was places to eat that are nearby. And she told us there was a couple of places around the corner that were on the main drag. And then she said, well, for breakfast, you know, go around the corner, up the hill and around the corner. There's a really cool little place. She said tiny, tiny. Tiny. Three tables inside, two tables outside. She wasn't kidding. Tiny. She wasn't kidding. However. Food was fantastic. So cool. 1910 Cafe. Mm Mm-hmm outstanding Mm -hmm. highly recommend if you're gonna go it's gonna be off the beaten path if you're a tourist must go i mean run by a family when we were there we would see the mother father and daughter Mm -hmm. and then maybe one other person serving Mm -hmm. if that and they would see them every once in a while going into their house because they live next door to get ingredients yes so it was like right there but it was, so we got familiar with that and they got yeah. familiar with us saw our faces quite a bit mm-hmm. so that's something we're going to talk about as we get into this but the fact that almost everywhere we stay we end up going to a handful of places certainly the coffee shops we work at but even restaurants we try to mix it up and try and, and, and go to new places but then we have other places that we liked so much and we've Somewhat purposely, we'll go back to those places because you are building a rapport mm-hmm. with you know, certain staff members and conversations. So we'll talk about that. But the conversations that just flow from that repeat right. visiting. So when you think about it, over two months, you're there for 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. So if you go to one place two times a week, you're going there 20 times. Yeah. So you don't have to go five times a week. And we didn't. We didn't go to every place no. the same amount of times. No. Although we did go, I would probably say... In the second month, four out of five days, we went to Kibok. Kibok. Love that place. Awesome people. uh, Most of the people that were in there were either people passing through from one of the hotels to pick up a coffee to go. Some people that heard about it would come in and go up onto the roof. They had a rooftop patio. But I would say every time that we were in there, there was at least two or three other people. Again, small place. Mm -hmm. You know, a bar downstairs with, I think, four or five seats and then four tables upstairs and then the patio had a couple of tables but it was always with the people who were working yeah so that just that familiarity yeah so uh so we got to meet people there the staff was amazing yeah you know we would sit down at the bar got to know them joking around with them friend so much so that when we left there was it was like a teary hugs oh my goodness yeah it was really nice that's the thing this is twofold there's the the opportunity to get to know somebody better and have friendships and connections made but also the this is what's helping you feel more connected to and immersed in the area Mm -hmm. right so it's you're getting those two levels of experience with it you're you're not just passing through you're not it's not a transactional thing where you just you know went for breakfast and move on Mm -hmm. you're um you're part of the community at these different places and on top of that you're meeting quality people right yeah and diana was the manager or co-manager there and she we chatted up a blue storm with her we got to know we got to help some of the staff get better with their english because they were trying to learn oh, it was english cute. yeah we were helping each other yeah it was good back and forth spanish and english and we, we, we met several people there uh, along the way, too. We met a person who was in the middle of writing a musical play, yeah. Seth. Yeah, Seth. And we met two or three other people who were doing the digital nomad thing. One was a, uh, a website designer. Oh, that's right. I forgot about him. Yeah. yeah. So we, we Didn't he live in Portland him. for a while or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there Portland, was, we met a lot of people from the States. 
but we also met a lot of locals, which it was, was a, a mix good for balance. Sure. So San Miguel, just so people know, it is yes. a heavily touristy area for people coming from Mexico City. Right. Mexicans in coming country up from Mexico. tourism. And then also and for expats. expats to come in. For sure. Yes. A huge cultural center for the arts, significant for music and art, artisan and Right. So speaking of, let's Go talk about the SMA, San Miguel de Allende, the SMA Art Tour mm-hmm. with Arturo Esparza. Yes. So you you ended up finding that. That was a gem. Yeah, it was an, uh, on Airbnb, one of the Airbnb experiences, experiences, which we had never done before. And my mom was visiting us. Right. So we wanted to make sure we had some things to do that would be relatively simple and easy to do. And this was awesome because it was it was better than we thought it was going to be. It was a tour to, I think it was five different studios. It was a handful of studios. So the, we drove to one out in this location. It was up in the hills, looking back over the city to the north. How incredible that was. It was. So pretty. And it was an awesome house. And Santiago Cruz was the artist that was in residency. He's from Panama. And he was in re- he's in residency in San Miguel. A patron let him stay at the house. And it was this really cool sweet, modern yeah, house. Yeah, sweet setup there. Yeah. And he was working downstairs in the basement. That was his studio. But he was displaying his art in the house because he would have people come over and either purchase paintings or commission him to do paintings. Mm-hmm. So, so what he was, was so, awesome. What was so great about that tour, it was small. How many people would you like say? There's eight of us. I right, think? right. So it's just a small curated that. group. Even, no, it wasn't that six. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I think it was yeah, just the six. Plus the, Arturo, the, yeah. The th- you, me, my mom, and the the father there, and his two daughters. And, and the me. lady. There was a lady from um, New York. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 So seven of us. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it was. A, we ended up spending half half of the day together, and even more than that. How many hours? We had total? Dinner after too. Yeah, yeah, and then had a had a had a, a break. Anyway, it was just it was amazing because it was it, it was small, small and you group. and we were spending like this dedicated amount of time together. So it was great with the artists, meeting the artists, making connections with them, but also the other people on the tour. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. But that was something that we already talked about, you know, meeting the first Airbnb owner and going to that first cafe and that. But this was where it was like, okay, now we're really mingling right. with the people. And we had showed up. This was like the fourth day, probably, that we were there. Yeah, it was early on. Very early on. Mm-hmm. First big thing that we did. Yeah. But what was so cool about it is it wasn't just a, you know, peekaboo into the studio. It was sitting down and talking with the artist, Q&A, and reviewing their works of art, which was painting. There was some glass work. Sculptural Sculptural work. things, it too. It was a whole, yeah, whole mix. It was just very awesome. Yeah, it was very, it was, it was very dedicated time with them. But one of the highlights was when we went to this, like, massive art colony, Fabrica La Aurora. It was yeah, amazing. That, oh, it was amazing. It was and amazing. It was like, uh, it was an enclave, an artist enclave. It had, Basically. So you had people who were there both with, uh, you know, at working artists and there was also plenty of galleries that were there as well but what was cool was meeting the artists and spending the time with the artists and right and so of course they're super proud of their work and and when you're showing that curiosity and, and and interested in it there's just an amazing rapport so that that was just such a such a cool experience and the people that we met the the father from mexico city and his two daughters who were in their 20s they gave us a whole bunch of ideas oh, of what to do yes. in Mexico City, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. We got like 
these are the places you must go. And they were so nice. They're like, if you have any questions, once you get there, don't, you know, feel free to uh, reach out. And uh, yeah, so just again, like we could have just had just like very brief casual interactions with some of these people. But no, you dig deeper. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this just a little bit of a um, insight. John is very outgoing. You John, thank you. Are very outgoing. I mean, you're you're the extrovert in the in the relationship. I tend to be more reserved. I'm more of the introvert. When I'm comfortable with somebody, forget it. I mean, I'll I'll talk your leg off. But in social situations, I do have to push myself. And there are a lot of uh, times where if I was doing this by myself, I might not have had the same outcomes. So I would say that's one of the things that's really good traveling the way we do as a couple is you bring bring that out in me and always it's rewarding mm-hmm. I mean every time you've been like why don't we you know make an effort to do this or why don't we see what's going on with so-and-so or I'm going I'm going to drop a quick message to so-and-so and there's different times as we're going about our travels where I'm like why are we doing that like can't we just kind of chill and do our own thing and it's awesome because you push that envelope and it just puts us on that that social edge more often. So I'm just giving you props for that. And I think Thanks. that's probably fairly common in a lot of relationships, whether you're at home or abroad or in somewhere in between, where one of the one of the you know people in the couple is a little more outgoing than the other. So I would say if you're like me and the introvert, don't resist that every time. Right. You know. It really is kind of stepping out of your comfort zone because your comfort zone is to kind of do your own thing and nest and be independent, and that's not going to serve you well when you're doing travels. Like well, one of the things I used to say when we first started doing it is that I would start to tell our story in a very brief way. I know you or say no, it's a I long would, story long, long, story long. But it, when, when it, I would tell people what we were doing. And as soon as you engage with somebody about what you're doing and that it's extended travel, there's a discussion. Right. Whether it's a, a two-minute discussion or a 10, 15-minute discussion, it, a, a discussion always ensues. I would say there has never been anybody, once we start talking about our situation, why we're there and what we're doing, that hasn't been genuinely interested in wanting to learn more about what we're doing and then, you know, the conversation building from there and tons of questions like mm-hmm. everybody we've been sharing on these podcasts and through our uh, social media pages is you know some of the obstacles and things that we do everybody asks the same questions you know why are you doing this when are you going home how do you support yourselves are you on vacation are you working oh, just on and on and on all the different things and that just starts the conversation and it breaks down the barriers to the point where you're having a 10, 15 minute, 20 minute discussion about what we're doing. And all of a sudden you're bonding with people and it goes from there. So one of the things that we did too, shortly after my mom left, we, I should say too, that we bumped into Arturo seven, several times throughout he was times. the of the tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Around town. Some of the artists that we met, uh, we also bumped into mm-hmm. Javier Garcia Barrera was an awesome artist oh, that we yeah. bumped into three or four times. Mm-hmm. And we talked about meeting up with him potentially in Mexico City, although we didn't. I but know, we I wish we could have, it. but the offer was there, yeah. Yeah. And when you start bumping into people because it's a small enough community, right? there is that bond. You feel like you belong there, that you're connected in some way, shape, or form to what's going on, which has really make, made us feel, and we haven't felt that 
anywhere else that we've been to at that level. No, like I said, I think there was some sort of perfect synchronicity. All the line, the stars were in alignment or something because it was almost there was there were pinch me moments in San Miguel where we couldn't believe how easily and warmly tons of serendipitous we people and moments. And, yeah. So we one of the places we popped into in the first week that we were there was Paprika. We're just walking down, we saw it had some umbrellas inside, and it was an open courtyard. So we kind of we didn't eat there, but we kind of stuck our head in. And we started talking to the owner, Fran, a little bit, and she said, "Come back, and you know we have music here." And she told us, to "Come back the next night." Right. So we did. Super interested in that, and yeah. that led to a delightful probably the most uh, friendship, fun connection that we've had in since we've been traveling. Yeah. And this is the Rita and Tom story. Aww. <laughs> So we, we went back to Paprika on the night we reserved a table. She told us to, she put us down as a reservation. We came back that night and she said, it's going to be crowded tonight. So, you know, we only have tables for four. So you're, you know, do you want to sit with that couple over there or would you like to have this table here? And, and if somebody else comes in, we'll have them sit so with we you. So we went with, we went with option two. We went with option two. Mm-hmm. And, and here, I'm going to tell you again, again, as the introvert, there was a little moment with me. I was like, oh. Share a table, right? So it's not just our own little space, but okay, like be you know, be cool. And then a few minutes later, we were there maybe two or three more minutes, and another couple came in, an older couple. And, and Tom was using a cane, he was having some leg issues, I think, right? I don't recall the details, but and, and there was kind of like a little bit of us, we were just kind of like, oh boy, they're gonna sit with us, they're gonna put us, put them with us. It's the best thing that happened. So glad that they put them with us. And Tom even joked about it. He says, I'm sure you guys were probably thinking about, oh, you know, the guy with the cane, this old couple coming in. They were so nice. They were from the U.S. They're from Maine, uh, retired and traveling. Love San Miguel, I think it was their third year back. Interesting people. Amazing. In so many ways. Like, I just adore Tom and Rita. But, but their story was that they were travel every right. summer. They would go over to Europe and travel. They ha- they bought a, a sailboat right. over in the Mediterranean right. and would travel the Mediterranean Such with their interesting kids. Lives. Yeah, it was fascinating. They were slowing it down. Sold the boat the last mm-hmm. two years. They had gone to San Miguel, loved it there, and I mean, we just hit it off with them right away. Yeah, we wound it up was, again so easy. Going out with them several times. Uh, went out to dinner a few times. Watched. Football playoffs in the Super Bowl at their house. I party that they had at their beautiful house that they were renting. Yeah. Mm. It was super nice. So let's talk about, so segue again, Tom and Rita, if you're you're hearing this, we miss you so, so much. And we really thought we would maybe would be able to see you this past spring. Yeah, but unfortunately, COVID COVID, uh, prevented. (laughs) We were planning on going back to San Miguel on our way through the States to go to Europe, but. Things changed. Yeah. Yeah. So our hearts are with you guys. I know you would much rather be in San Miguel right now, too. But, but they, if we didn't meet, this is another one okay, of those so things. Yeah. If, so we're kind of doing the seven degrees of separation yeah. type so of they, thing here. Tom was like, have you guys been to Bistro Mikasa yet? And we're like, no. He's like, oh, my God, you have to go. Right. It's an I'm making reservations. You have to go. Mm-hmm. It's an institution. The music Hill is a Hill Gutierrez is the person who owns it, runs it. Is a classical guitarist, phenomenal Incredible guitarist. Musician. And he said, "You have to go. It's it's a dinner and music night." Right. So we're like, "Yeah, sure, we're we're game." We go and jaw dropping, 
jaw dropping at how good the music was. It was spectacular Gorgeous music. And then what kind of took it to a whole nother level was the first set was the musicians playing. And then the second set after a 20 minute break, half hour break was Rafa de la Vega was the Rafa. singer. And he, he looked like a guy that you, when you saw him standing off in the corner that, you know, you had no expectation about how amazing his voice was going to be. How can you ever really know what someone's voice is? No, but you just, you just, it was one (laughs) of those things that when you looked at him that you were kind of like, when he started singing, you were like, I didn't expect it to be this good. Right. And there were people who were emotional because they were like, I, just like us, it was our first time. Other people had been there numerous times, Mm -hmm. but other people were taking people like Tom and Rita did for us for the first time and they were blown away. Right. The music plus Rafa's vocals, it's so expressive and just that it it draws up emotion i don't know what's going on with the string instruments and they just the it's so i mean what is the style it's kind of classical it's classical but then they do classical jazz but then they do interpretations of yeah so violin contemporary songs violin bass piano Percussion. You have to really just go online and look and look up Gil Gutierrez. Well, we'll put a link. So yeah, we will because there's something out. so beautiful about their music. But the point of the podcast is the friendships that right. So after that. that night was over, we were like, I was not so much you. I was like stumbling over chairs to get up <laughs> to Gil yeah. and uh, Rafa to talk to him and say how blown away and how awesome it was. And 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 Gil was like, Well, come back. Right. You know, come back again. They they were there three nights a week. Mm-hmm. In in the two months that we were there, I think we went seven times. Yeah, yeah. And I would have gone even more. Yeah. I mean, I would have gone every single week if we yeah. could have. It was it so was, it amazing. Was that rewarding. And he also uh, he owns a kind of like a a little hacienda off in the to the south. I guess it was to the southeast of San Miguel Zandunga. called Zandu- Zandunga. Zandunga. And it was like this open air theater mm-hmm. with a roof. And, and they the have setting right food. off the bat is amazing. Yeah, so you get there around 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. The food was amazing. Barbecue. I don't even want to call it a buffet because buffet makes it sound like it was it's, it's, spectacular. it's gourmet food level was outstanding. premium. Yeah. But amazing, authentic, traditional dishes. And yeah. And then the music, they're, they're banned again. So we'll get to Zandunga in a minute, a little bit more about how we, the people that we met when we were there were also people that we had met earlier. So we, we went back several times. We got to become very good friends with Hill and particularly Rafa and to the point where when we were having a conversation with him, he said, well, I, I, I play in a rock band too. And I, I sing these kind of like crooner songs, you know, Frank Sinatra, you know, Sting song, uh, uh, several different songs. They're amazing. So he said, but I play in a rock band and I own a club that's opening up this week across the street. So he invited us to come over and he was like, you know, my club's opening up and we're going to be playing. We're going to have other bands that are going to be there. So come on over. So we went the first night we went. It was an opening night. It was just he's like, come on after we're going to be I'm going to have some friends over. We're going to just be over there. It was was near soft opening type Mm -hmm. of thing. So we went over there. It was really cool. Tom and Rita went over with us. Yeah. 
And we stayed for a little bit while, and Rafa was so happy that we came over and, and, and saw his little club. Yeah, we were and, thrilled to support that. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, there was a lot of eclectic people there. So we, we saw Javier there, uh, but we went back that Saturday night. So this was like on a, I think it was a Wednesday or a mm-hmm, Thursday, the a first time we went. Sure. And then he said, this Saturday is the grand opening. We're going to have several bands playing there. You, you guys should come back for that. And I was like, definitely, yeah, definitely coming back. We're in. So uh, Tom, Tom and Rita were, Tom was like, I want to go. And Rita's like, eh, maybe we'll see. We'll see how things go. Uh, but we definitely went back that night and it was crowded. And we were kind of like, at, we, we were there early enough that we got a, a standing table. And you and I were having some beers and we were chatting. And Rafa came up to us and we talked with Rafa. He introduced us to a few people. Right. And then what changed the, the whole dynamic of the night was, Susie Merkel, who was 22, I think at the time, kept looking over at you and I, and it was kind of like, why does this young girl keep looking over at us? And 10, 15 minutes later, she walked up and said, hi, I'm Susie. Who are you and what's your story? What's your story? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, okay. It was so charming. It was so, yeah, yeah she was super story? nice. She goes, no, she goes, you just look like interesting people. I wanted to know oh, why you're here. Oh, we're interesting. You have no idea. So Susie yeah. introduced us to Claudio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we met Susie's twin brother, Danny. Danny was there with Stefan Rodriguez. Stefan Rodriguez was getting in, was engaged to Kaylee Pugh, Kaylee. who was, mm-hmm. they were getting married. Mm-hmm. And they were getting married in San Miguel. She had bought a house with her mom there, like a place where they could spend part time. And Stefan was bouncing back and forth between the U.S. and and San Miguel. Got to know them, wound up going to Zandunga. We had a double date. Double date with them. We did an afternoon in Zandunga, which we've already mentioned, which is that amazing Mm -hmm. venue where you can see heel in his band. And, and when we went on that double date with them, Tom and Rita were there with a bunch right. of friends that they had met friends. that were new friends right. as well. And we also met, and also Santiago and his was there and his there. girlfriend. So we had a chance to chat with them. And as we were talking with all these different people, and again, this is over like a two week period. Mm-hmm. We kept going back to the Rabbit, which was Rafa's bar yeah, love uh, place. several times and met people. And, and we met an artist, a Famous artists that a lot of people knew in San Miguel for sure, mm-hmm. and he's well known in the United States. William Stidham, who does some pretty amazing portraits, right. and a lot of portraits and, and uh, rock musicians, yeah, yeah, musicians, yeah. Very eclectic. I love his style. Yeah, well, the person. Oh, the person. Yeah, he was. He, he invited was us over to a party at his artist, house, and he went on and artist, on. You guys yeah. are coming. You're going to be there, right? right. And then it's we never be an got amazing the invite. Event. Yeah. <laughs> It was his like, birthday. Any, no, it was for his birthday, right? right? And he said he would send us an it invite. It seemed very sincere, but... So the the big thing there is that, you know, you can hear it in our voices as we're talking about it. You know, we, it's much so much fun. This. And how much it means to us, the, the people that we met and the bonds that we met. I actually had a conversation with Rafa today. Right. So we're connected. On Facebook. And yeah. if we wanted to have a more detailed conversation, we certainly could. And also... I get such a warm feeling when I think about if, if, when we ever go back and, and and finding these people again and spending time with them again, I'll probably cry. Oh yeah, it'll be yeah. big hugs and yeah, yeah I, I will be emotional. Well, even, like Danny, we were talking about okay, Danny so Merkel, Danny, the twin. Right. We Danny was working at a restaurant. Oh, that's right. Remember, we went to well, it was his restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A he cool was working, little um, yeah. organic. 
vegetarian, vegetarian restaurant. organic restaurant. Mm-hmm. We went there when we actually the open aired windows. We walked oh, by right, one night, that. saw him, yeah. talked to him yeah. while he was working. Uh, and then we went back a couple nights later. And while we were there, you know, he was probably the best limonada I've ever had. To this day, I said it was made with unicorn tears. I think it was. It was, it was by it was far delightful. the best. <laughs> I think I had five of them yeah. that were so good. Yeah, no, the, the food and too was non-alcoholic. Amazing. So, it, but I love a good limonada, and they were amazing yes, there. You do. But while we were there, they, it was more like community table mm-hmm. settings, yeah. and we wound up sitting a, a, as the night went on. Musicians would come in and play. They street musicians would mm-hmm. wander in and mm-hmm. they'd play and pass the hat. And then a couple came in towards the end of the night and we wound up striking up a conversation with them. And because uh, remember, she was so into the music, she, she was, was singing so along and, and everything. Dancing. And we were, yeah. oh, we were tapping on the tables. Right. Remember that? So yeah, we were yeah. all like we're tapping all along, playing percussion mm-hmm. with the, the one singer. And he loved it. Mm-hmm. He loved that we were right, all yeah. doing well, that. What was that one song? And I wish I knew it right now, but we heard it quite a few times. Mm, yeah. And I think, it, I don't know if it's a folk song or a traditional song. I know it has meaning. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry that I, I can't think of it right now. But it was, yeah, yeah it's, it's it a crowd-pleasing song. It was. So we chatted for them with them for about 20 minutes, and then a friend of theirs came in as well, and she said that, well, we're staying at her her hotel, boutique hotel. And they talked about how much they loved it, and we're like, oh, it sounds nice. We'll have to drop by. They're like, well, come on over with us. Because we figured out that it was basically on our walk home. Right. It would be right along the way. So they're like, walk with us, and we'll show you the place. Showed us the she place. Was, you know, the, cool. Right. So the couple that was staying there, but then the owner, who was obviously really into very design into design and yeah. fa- or, fa- yeah. or to interior design, and you were hit it off with right. Her so and, that was amazing. But I'm like, where does that happen? Yeah, we haven't just, been anywhere it's so relaxed and where and, it was so easy to connect with people, and we continue. And I think it was really good that that was early on mm-hmm. in our trip because that kind of set our attitudes that whenever we go What's anywhere. Possible? That we're open to meeting people, having conversations with somebody sitting at a table next to us, sharing our story with, the, you know, the owner of a, a, a cafe. We, we we ate at some amazing places. We had repeat, you know, people. Remember when we went into um, Lavanda, the, the, the woman gave us hugs the second oh, time that we yeah. went in there yeah. because she was kind of like, oh, you're back type of thing. And Right. Different places that we, we were frequenting, we would tell them in the last days that we were leaving and they seemed genuinely like, oh, right. really? Kind of like, you know, where, where are you going? What's going? You know, what's happening? And I'm sure they're, they're used to that because a lot of people are coming and going and they might yeah. be there for a two sure. weeks or three weeks or something like that. We were there for two months. Right. And we got to know all of these people to the point where when we were leaving, it was hard. It, it was very, it was probably one of the most emotional uh, departures of, yeah. since we've been traveling yeah. for sure. And everywhere we've been, we've made connections. We talked about, so we met the, the cab driver, Hoel, in Tulum. We ma- and we made friends in Lima, Peru, and in Ica for sure. Ica and Cusco that are Cusco. brothers, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Well, remember, Her- hermanos. Victor. Victor said, "We're not. Yeah. We're not friends. Yeah, we're we're family now." Oh. And he calls me whenever we text back and forth. Now he calls me brother. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. Awesome. Not so that cool. that surprises me, but that's awesome. Oh, or how about this, even the situation in Cusco, in, in the Centro with uh, Sebastian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that organizes tours. Right. And how we ended up just chit-chatting with him, and then days later went back and did end up doing, coordinating a tour with him. Mm-hmm. 
but then exchanged, you know, had exchanged WhatsApp. And he reached out a few weeks, well, a month ago or whatever, asking how we we're doing mm-hmm. and, you know, be safe and all of these things during the pandemic. So what was cool about that story in particular was that we, he's a very gregarious, outgoing person. He engaged with us and, sit, you know, tried to do the walking tour. And we said, we, we're doing one with this group over here. He says, well, we also do these bus tours. So if you're interested, like, well, when we're ready to do that, we'll come back and find you. Right, you're our man. And we did like a week later. And he was like so appreciative that we came back. I think he probably figured we were just saying that. Yeah, we were just saying that that to be nice. Hugs, gave us hugs. We we bumped into him two or three other times yeah, we uh, while we were there just to chat with him. Right. And the day that we told him we were leaving, he got teary eyed. <laughs> and so he was just like, you know, you guys, whatever you need, it's just, you know, we'll do whatever, you know, type of thing. It was just so awesome. But when we did the bus tour with him, it was an amazing bus tour. It was an amazing it was, tour. It was so, so cool that we did that. But just nonstop meeting people at waitresses and waiters and having conversations with the guy that wanted to play professional baseball and had a chance and he kind of screwed it up and didn't do it. And then we, the, one of the places that we're going in Cusco, he was telling us about, or just nice. He was there every day, super nice. And then when we said we wanted to have our picture taken with him, he was so honored. Yeah. And then we have to mention in Cusco, the, the store that sold all the clothing. Artisanal oh clothing store. That's right. These well, people that, are so cool. That cool. We must have uh, went into that place wall. what a dozen times mm-hmm. in in the month that we were there. Mm-hmm. Two months that we were there. She was so mm-hmm. so, so outgoing, and she would always come up and hug you. And you want to talk about um, social norms? <laughs> she would spank you on the butt. Yeah, uh, you there know, was, that was interesting. Just, but honestly, it was just. It was her personality, and everybody just got it. Like she was just yeah, she, she was, was so just cool, such a spitfire. And when we went in so many times, and she was so funny because she was always selling, always, always oh, selling. Oh yeah, always selling. And when we told her that we were leaving, she was like, "Do you want it?" And she gave us free stuff. She gave us keychains, <laughs> yeah. and she gave you that one doll, the llama, the llama doll, llama doll, the yama doll, yama. But just, you know, it's meeting the people, the locals, and, and re-engaging with them, not just saying hello and moving on. Yeah, and again, I'm going to give our, give us a pat on the back that we, well, we love what we're doing, so there's already an energy to this anyway as we're going about our days and what we're doing with this travel lifestyle. We are, we're charged up by it. Mm-hmm. That's already happening. And then when we're just, every time when we're interacting and just being open and curious, and turning things, you know, back on on the people that we're meeting as far as asking them about who they are and what they do. And, and you know, people love to talk about themselves and their in their lives. And we love to hear it because that's what's making this travel experience that much richer and that much more. Americans definitely do. But I would say that as we got to know, especially in Peru, they, they weren't as comfortable with that wall being broken down immediately but we became very good friends with victor and juan carlos yeah so maybe we should we should premise this with every culture is going to be a little bit different and you know always do your research and understand like what is appropriate um i would say yeah you're giving that example um other countries like you hear about different asian asian countries and that where they're more reserved right Mm -hmm. So we haven't encountered that yet, and of course, we'll adapt as need be. I would say, even that aside, 
the attitude attitude you bring into the travels and and what you're doing and how you're interacting with people will open these doors mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i th- i think if you're willing to have a conversation with them and not just be and, and one of the things that we're never the tourist walk you know in town for two weeks even some of the guides we met we had conversations with like the walking tour guide we pulled him aside at the end gave him a really nice tip because nobody was giving him a tip and i was like you got to be kidding me he did he did a great tour and then ended the tour making ceviche which was phenomenal it was really good well it kind of broke my heart a little bit because he mentioned this and a few other uh tour guides have where they say that um the, the group and nobody asks questions and digs into the different topics the way that we have. Mm-hmm. They've said before that, and they're passionate about what they're doing. The best, the best guides are. They they know their stuff and they're really into it. And of course, they're going to feed off the engagement and the excitement of the group that they're with. And we've been in these groups where everyone else is. They're polite, but they're not really going beyond that. And we're the ones, like you said, that are hanging back and asking questions during the during the tour, that are staying after the tour, that are trying to make it, you know, a, uh, some sort of arrangements. Potentially, can we meet you for lunch or do something, you know, after right. afterward? And it's it's not an act; it's completely genuine. And it's we what we're follow feeling. up on it. Yeah, there's dozens of people that we've met in our two years that are, have helped us better understand humanity, cultural belief systems, spirituality in ways that we never would if we only stayed put in the United States. Right. And I would like to think that that is one of the biggest reasons for and advantages of traveling is breaking down those barriers and just to see, to understand the humanity in each other, to respect their history, their culture, their past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, otherwise, I'm not sure why you would be traveling and going to all of these different places around the globe. Well, there's a big difference between doing case. a bucket list vacation, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what we're doing That's is we want to traveler. immerse. We realize that our time is limited, and when I say that, a month or two. Therefore, we want to immerse ourselves into the community as much as we possibly can and as quickly as we possibly can so that we can feel like we're having a local experience during the time that we're there. And we get so much out of it, for sure. So with that, so we talked about kind of the perfect synchronicity and how so many elements came together to make San Miguel de Allende such a magical, and magical other place. But uh, why don't we move into, just real quickly, a handful of tips. Mm-hmm that uh, will be a natural extension of what we just talked about, but some tips to meeting people, connecting deeper in your travels. So, obviously, like we've just talked about, interact. Strike up conversations, be curious, ask questions, put yourself out there. And like I said, as an introvert, it's a little bit more challenging for me, but every single time I push myself to do it, it's rewarding. It puts a spring in my step and makes me feel just awesome mm-hmm. to make those connections. One question we ask everybody is, what would you do on your day off? Where would you go? That, then we get kind of like the place that tourists don't go. Oh, but yeah, like we mentioned, in almost any situation, 
whether you're in your hometown, neighboring state, border and country, people are people. People like to talk about themselves and their lives. It's funny, friends will know this and that, that um, they call me the interviewer, that I'm somebody that I'm very, very uh, comfortable kind of digging in and asking once I get over that initial barrier of not being as, as outwardly social. Once you start asking questions, you're off, you're off and running. I mean, the conversation is, is unfolding. Yeah, and the more you go back to places, the second point was like, be extra friendly at the, the places that you return to over and over. Oh, again. for sure. Especially in a situation like with us as digital nomads working in a handful of cafes at any given location, we're seeing those same people, right. the same staff over and over again. That's the one area for sure to to forge some friendships. And another fringe benefit is when you become friends with them and they're trying new concoctions for drinks, you're the guinea pig. Right, the matcha latte or some, right. some new uh, pastry. And how about this? You know how much I love going to the artisan markets. That's an easy opportunity as you're looking at wares, whether it's you know the vendor or the artist. Start chatting about the items that you're looking at, or they're, they'll more than likely want to start chatting with you first. They're promoting their wares. But it can go further than that, depending on how the conversation evolves. Next thing you know, you're learning more about this very interest, interesting local artist. And when we and were in do. Cuenca, you wound up spending an hour with this one guy when I was working. And you were like, oh, you have to come back to this oh, place. Oh, right, right. And we yeah. went back two or yeah, three different jewelry. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the jewelry mm-hmm. place. So what else? Yeah, just move beyond the transactional exchanges. Oh, you know? that's good, right? It's just, you know, not just a hello easy conversation. Don't try to end the conversation. Try to deepen the conversation, I think, is the easiest thing to do. You know, with your Airbnb hosts, oh, Uber for drivers sure. could host. lead to, yeah. to, you know, a connection. We've made connections like Luis in Lima. He picked me up one night leaving the, the, Uber the driver. mall. Yeah, an Uber driver picked me up. I was leaving the mall and chatted with him all the way back. And Super nice guy. He's not every single time you get into a taxi or an Uber, they will talk to you. But oh, when they do, I leverage that to the or read the car. Yeah. <laughs> but, but with him, we, we went on the day trip. I think we've yeah. mentioned this before. We wound up doing a day trip with him. It was awesome. He so, became so kind good. of like our guy mm-hmm. on the ground. And he took us to the bus station when we left and we got a selfie with him and we still stay in touch with him. Yeah. So it's just like those things where you feel those bonds, yeah. those connections. And I feel like I, I feel like we have friends in every city that we've been to. Yeah, that I would very comfortably look up, look them up and, yeah, I would and just be willing re-engage. to go back just to see some of these people mm-hmm. for sure. Look for smaller, more intimate or specific things that you're interested in tours. Oh, sure. Not just the mainstream things that everybody's lining up to or do a bus tour. Everyone. There's hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Look for the ones with the small groups. Yep, more Look curated, for the Airbnb small. experiences. And if you find somebody that doesn't have any reviews, that's not a reason not to do it that's because you might point. be the first one and they're going to be going over the top to try to you know impress you. But then you have the intimacy. When you're with somebody solo, you can ask a ton of questions, learn a lot about the community, learn a lot about the culture, learn a lot about the history. It's it's definitely worth the effort. Yeah, I agree with that one for sure. So I would say the situations where we met people potentially through uh, the Airbnbs, the hosts of those, the Uber drivers and the small groups. 
they have been awesome um, friendships, but also resources for mm-hmm. us when we've had questions or concerns or things that we need to. I mean, there's the fun stuff, but then there's also the not so fun stuff. Like when I had my medical situation in Cusco. Thank you, Rainbow Mountain horse riding. But um, yeah, the uh, posterior abscess situation. But I had was starting to get serious enough that we were concerned, and uh, you know, who do you know, type of thing. So we reached out to uh, Juan Carlos in Cusco. He literally arranged for a house visit, a nurse to come to the house, a doctor and an ambulance, right? <laughs> come to so our. So I don't know if we've talked about this on any yeah, previous podcast, but yeah, and, and that's something where, like I said, there's the fun stuff, and then there, there, there was that that was very unsettling, and he just completely helped. Create a Make path the introduction, yeah. for us to to deal with this medically, and knowing that you're not alone, right? Right. Yeah, that you have somebody that can help you, and that that could look out for you potentially while you're in this town. And I, I, I encourage people that are making plans uh, through Airbnb to engage with upfront, upfront before you even yep. arrive, and yep. say, "Hey, build that this is one of the things right that I I throw out." You're there is, really good at that. Yeah, I'll throw out there that. We really enjoy meeting the owners because they're the ones that can help us better understand the Who community that we're in. Right. And we love to have a coffee, spend some time. So what would be our final final tip? So one more thing. Take advantage of the familiar surroundings when you're somewhere. And I, I this is probably one of my most memorable experiences that I've had so oh, far. I know what this is. Is that every morning we... we Stayed in uh, two different Airbnbs long term when we were in San Miguel. So the first month we had a 20 minute walk to get into town. So mm-hmm. we walked down this one road every single time to get into town. And about halfway there in this neighborhood, there was a, an older woman who would be sitting in a chair with blanket thrown Cross over her, her lap, lap and a shawl on her shoulders. And I just started waving to her. You know, every single morning that I went by, it was I, I kind of felt like she was looking forward mm-hmm. to saying hello. Because the time would always be the same. Yeah, it was around the same time every day, and she lit up yeah. every single time. Aww. And then we would wave, and it was it just I'll never forget that because yeah. it was something that you know maybe people would walk by and not even never even notice her unless you know. But I was I wasn't a local, I wasn't family. I was just somebody that every day that I was making sure that I was looking to see. If she was in there, mm-hmm. she was every day, every mm-hmm. single day that we walked by to wave to her. So I would so, like to think that's special for you, but it's also special for, for them too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, this was supposed to be like a kind of short, a quick, shorter a quickie, episode, if you but will. It's, we get so excited but, talking about no. the connections that we've made. I mean, really, what could be more exciting than talking about that and yeah. the people? The so people. we've met, we have made more friends in the last two years, probably than we've made in the last. You know, the previous five years in Seattle, but we had a small group. So the key to uh, making new friends is to uh, travel, to, to <laughs> Go move away every couple months. <laughs> no, I just, it makes me realize that we should have done more. Yeah. You know, I, so I if you're so not too. traveling, do more to connect, have the conversations, you know, just. No, it's a good lesson in any situation, really, whether you're, yeah. you're close to home or not, just how you reach out and yeah. how you uh, build bridges between each other. So we're itching to get moving. Oh, I know. So As we're talking about this, it makes me realize all the more. Like, just we are cut off from everything. But we're, we're, we're getting closer. Every day that goes by, we're one day closer to moving again. Okay, 
that's optimistic. I like it. So if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Please share with your friends. Please leave a comment. Uh, the fact that people are actually sharing our story with people that they know. and it's We really, really cool. appreciate it. We really appreciate mm-hmm. the the support and the comments that we get from people who've listened and you know, we, just we hope there's more of you doing what we're doing post pandemic so yeah this was awesome i'm, I'm like i, I want to like get on facebook and start ooh, ooh, communicating fired with up. people 